Hi, everybody here and everybody online. Hello, um, I am Todd Kirkpatrick, Pastor Todd Kirkpatrick, and this is... His beautiful wife, Stephanie. <laughs> you can introduce yourself. I'm real punchy tonight, just a forewarning for you all. Um, it's been a good week, and it's coming up on a three-day weekend, so I'm really excited about that. How many of you excited for a three-day weekend? Yes, yes, yes. We're going to celebrate Independence Day. Maybe you're going to celebrate by watching the movie Independence Day. That would be fun. I haven't really thought about it. We're going to be at home, dog-sitting, babysitting, all that fun stuff. But I hope you guys have great plans for Fourth of July. More importantly, I hope you have great plans to join us at church on Sunday, either in our 8 o'clock service or our 10 o'clock service. And if you uh, need to join us online, like you're doing now, some of you are doing now, um, we invite you to join us that way at our 10 o'clock service. Um, but we're excited for this weekend, are you? Yeah, and if you notice, Pastor Jeff is not here. He usually sits right there, but he is um, in Flagstaff, and he will be there uh, another week or two. So um, we'll probably have this format going for you today. But um, we want to tell Pastor Jeff that he makes this look easy. He yes. is awesome. Mm -hmm. He's an incredible man, great Bible teacher. But we will try to, we will not only try, we will fill in for him uh, during this time and so I want to do what Pastor Jeff always does to me and Stephanie tell us a little bit about your week <laughs> how's your week went? well Pastor Todd gave me permission to plug my podcast I so did. yes I'm plugging my podcast and they're pointing at me to look at that camera but I'm looking at people in the, in the room sorry so I'll try and do a little of both but Pastor Todd gave me permission to plug my podcast which I'm super excited about um, we've been back on track with our podcast since about April. And then, as you know, the world kind of went crazy um, shortly after. So um, we still kept doing the, we're still doing the podcast. And um, I am a little bit behind right now, but we're getting back on track slowly but surely. Um, within the next uh, month, I hope that we'll be back on track. But um, the podcast is called All Things True. And this is something that was birthed out of my heart to um, share good news. I mean, it's very easy for us to look around in the world and see lots of chaos, and especially right now, lots of things that were, you know, can cause fear and anxiety and all those kind of things. And so, um, actually, I thought about this. I've been praying about this podcast. Really, it wasn't. It didn't start as a podcast. It started as a desire for me to do maybe some public speaking. Um, some writing, um, devotionals, things like that. That's kind of what was started in my heart. And then somebody challenged me, uh, somebody who will remain nameless, Megan, um, challenged me to, she just came up one day and said, so when are you going to start a podcast? And I was like, wow, podcast was not even on my radar. But um, so I thought, well, why not? Because podcasts are very popular right now. Why don't I do that? So it's called All Things True, and it's based on Philippians 4.8, whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure lovely of good report praiseworthy think about these things and what that chapter is talking about what that verse is talking about is paul is challenging us to not be so caught up in the things of this world but to focus on things that are praiseworthy and good and righteous and just and lovely and think about those things he wants he's talking about focusing our thoughts and actually my next episode is on the we're just kind of breaking down that scripture and going through all things true um, the podcast with that scripture and so next 
episode's topic is whatsoever things are pure. And the focus is going to be on keeping our thoughts pure and how important that is. And it kind of ties in with what we're talking about this week is, you know, our focus, um, you know, to meditate on the word and to get into the word of God. And that's one way that we keep our thoughts pure is when we focus our thoughts and our intents on God and his word and what he has to say. So all things true, um, you can visit my website, at www.allthingstrue.org, O-R-G, not .com, but O-R-G. So that's the website. And then the podcast is All Things True Ministries, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, So you can follow my uh, All Things True on Facebook, and you'll get updates there as to when a new episode is released of the podcast. I just released one um, this morning, and it was part two of Whatsoever Things Are Just. And that is a big topic right now, really important for us to be talking about whatsoever things are just and uh, justice in this world. And so I did a part two because I thought it was something that was really worth continuing the discussion on. So that's my plug for All Things True uh, podcast. And that's what I've been up to this week is working a lot on that. What about your grandbabies? Do you like your grandbabies? or? Oh, just a little bit. You know, we... we uh, for those of you that don't know, our children, our son and his wife, and our three grandbabies live in the same house with us. So we are super, super blessed to really enjoy a lot of time with them. And we're so grateful for all the time that we get to spend with them. And um, lately, their thing is, is that they want to come in and jump on grandma and grandpa's bed, which I don't think is that exciting because our bed is not really bouncy. So they kind of jump and fall, but it's not really jumping. Like when I was a kid, we would jump on my parents' bed, but it had the spring, you know, it was bouncy. We have a foam mattress, so it doesn't really bounce. So I'm not sure what the excitement is all about as far as that jumping on the bed, but they seem to enjoy it. So All right. And anything else that you want to tell us about? Um, Nope, just working and join the family and working for Jesus. Well, we, we can get into this. We're going to get into this right now. Um, and what we're going to get into is Acts chapter 18, um, verses 1 through 11, which we covered Sunday. And um, I was talking to uh, Jeff and he said, maybe you could just, you know, kind of go over your uh, message and what you talked about. And I and I said, yeah, what we'll do is we'll, we'll mainly ask questions. So I'm going to okay. ask some questions and then maybe comment. But I'll, I'll start with the first question here. What is the best way you have discovered to understand the Word of God? Me? You want me yeah. to answer that? Well, I want you to answer so that. one of the ways, um, well, actually last year, uh, towards the end of the year, I decided that I was going to get credentialed with the Assemblies of God, which is the fellowship that we belong to. And I decided I wanted to pursue my credentials. And so there's the various levels of uh, certification, licensed, and ordained. And I was able to actually get ordained. But the thing that I enjoyed most about doing that and pursuing that was that you have to take um, Bible classes. And so, um, you know, so to do that, I was taking these classes, which that kind of helped me to focus in on, I, you know, you have like four weeks between each class, so you have just a short time period to cover the material and things like that. And so I had, I was kind of forced to spend a lot of time in the Word. And what that did was not only did, um, you know, I kind of had that, like I said, I was forced, but at the more I got into the Word, the more I hungered for being in the Word. It's like, it was kind of like when you're eating a really good dessert, you know, and you, it's like you eat it and it's like you want, you want more. It's like it tastes so good, you just want more. That's kind of how I, I feel with the Word of God, that the more I get into the word of God and the more I read the word of God and see how tasty it is I want more of that 
And so, um, you know, and then I also follow a lot of people on social media and things like that who are, that put out positive messages, um, that put out a lot of scripture. And I think that's so important, especially in this day and age, that we, uh, we follow and focus on people that are, are saying positive things because there's so much negativity in the world. But the most important source that we need to look to is the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure if I really answered the question, but there you go. <laughs> um, I think they're getting some uh, bright light out of my face, which is good. But you did, except um, kind of the message which went uh, with us, you know, on Sunday was the first point was occupied with the word. And it came out of uh, verse five, Acts chapter 18. And it said that Paul was occupied with the word. And, and you said it, I mean, reading the word and, and, and studying the word. The problem was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Pharisees were a lawyer, so they were fair, you see. And the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, so they were sad, you see. And, but they knew the word, and they all had different points of, you know, just tearing it down and understanding the word of God. The issue with um, Paul is he was occupied with the word, but he was occupied with the word of the revelation, the revelatory issue of it, because even he... Who knew the he knew the word inside mm -hmm. out. He knew it better than probably anybody there, and he was going this way, and he was going towards throwing Christians out, um, you know, uh, persecuting Christians, killing them. He was going this way. He was knocked off of his donkey. Mm -hmm. He he was blind for three days. A man prayed for him, and he received his sight. But he also received Christ. When he received Christ, he started going the opposite way which is believing that Jesus Christ was the actual revelation of everything that they were reading. So Genesis 1, when it says in the beginning, or in the beginning God said, in the beginning God Jesus, God said Jesus, because in the beginning was the word, the word was mm -hmm. with God, the word yeah. was God, all things were made, but in the beginning God said, let there be light, Jesus light. So. He, he was bringing, when he's saying, you know, with the word, exactly what you said, the more that you get it in you, you, you understand it. But the, the issue here was the revelation of Jesus from Genesis to, um, you know, at that time would have been uh, Malachi. Malachi, yeah. yeah. And there's a guy named Glenn Shriver who uh, researched Jesus and the word, and he had... He'd, he'd come up with three different um, things that he saw Christ in the Word of God. Before Go you ahead. do that, I just kind of want to add on to what you were saying about Paul and you know him knowing the Word. And we can know the Word. We can read the Word and we can memorize it and we can know it. But if we're not applying it to our hearts, that's when we're going this direction. But when we begin to take the Word of God and apply it to our hearts, that's when we move and go in this direction. And that's what Paul was doing is he knew the Word, but he wasn't applying it to his heart and he wasn't practicing the Word. So when we read the Word, we have to study it, know it, and get it from here to here. I used to teach a lesson on, you know, that uh, there's only 12 inches between heaven and hell. It's a matter of getting what's in your head to your heart. And that's about 12 inches. If you hold a ruler, a 12-inch ruler up there, it's about 12 inches. So you need to get the Word of God from your head into your heart, and then you can go from that direction to that direction. That's good. And that's, that's how you're occupied. Being occupied with the Word 
is it needs to be different than this is a task or this is uh, I just need to know some good philosophies or mm -hmm. I'm gonna you know this helps me to be a, a social justice and to be able to to do good things and everything it's different than that the word uh, being occupied with the word it comes alive and yeah. it is Christ from beginning to end I mean in Genesis when they sinned they sinned and well, we're already getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's hang on a minute. Glenn Shriver, the guy I was telling you, um, came up with three different ways that God's revealed through the Old Testament. And the one was patterned. The uh, number two was uh, Christ's promise. So Christ patterned, Christ's promise, and then Christ's present. And so the Christ pattern, and that's where I'm, I'm, I said I'm getting ahead, but the Christ pattern was... Uh, in the beginning, God said, there's the Christ pattern. So Jesus is working. We know that because of John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him. Without him, it's not anything made that was made. You can translate that John 1, 1 better. Like in the beginning was Jesus. Mm -hmm. yes. So there, Jesus, and if you go all the way through verse 14, my life verse, which is, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among them. And they beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So there's the word, okay? Now, the, where is the word revealed? Well, in the beginning, that very first verse. But then in mm -hmm. chapter 3, uh, Adam and Eve sin. They disobey God. They take of the fruit of, you know, good and evil. Mm -hmm. And so then they, they hide. The first thing they do when they sin, they hide. And... Um, God said, hey, where are you? And he said, we're hiding because we're naked. And he said, who told you we're naked? And then they uh, realized they've sinned and all that. God goes to the point of clothing them. Yeah. And that's important because a, uh, a, an animal had to die for them to be clothed. They put animal skins on. Well, you can't put the skin on unless the animal right. uh, is not in it. So the first sacrifice. The first sacrifice yeah. was, and we believe, a lamb, and and they were covered because right then it was already a pattern, or a, there's patterning. You know, like when you make a pattern, there's a pattern that Jesus, that some a a sinless, sinless, this sinless animal had to die. For them to be covered, Jesus, the Lamb of God, has to die. So that's that's right off the bat. But uh, some things that I covered in here, though, the first one I think I said I want to ask you about: How do you see the pattern of Noah and the ark being a being a pattern of revealing Christ to us? Well, um, good question. <laughs> well, so. First of all, I want to go back just a little bit to Adam and Eve, you know, when they, they first sinned and, and they hid. You know, that people still do that today when, you know, I know when people are missing, you know, we, we have people that, you know, if they'll lay out of church or something for a few weeks, it's usually because they've gotten themselves into some kind of trouble and they need us to kind of go and find them. Yeah. Like, just the way God went and found Adam and Eve and covered them, and we need to do that as a church, and so I just kind of want to add to that. But, um, um, sorry, ask me the question again. Where do I see the pattern of Noah? In the ark. And the ark. Well, um, I don't know. Where are you really going with that? Sorry, but I'm, I'm too punchy and my mind has gone blank. <laughs> so why did God destroy the world? Well, because of sin. Yeah, and then, but why didn't Noah die? 
because he listened there to God. Go. And he did what? He got in the ark? He got in the ark. He, he, he got into the covering of God. There you go. Yeah. Jesus. Well, there's the pattern. Jesus is the pattern. Okay. Let when me he try. was talking about this pattern thing on Sunday, I didn't really quite follow. I'm getting it now, folks. I'm a little okay. slow, but I'm That's getting it That's why we're doing it again for <laughs> Stephanie. For those people that are a little bit slow like me. <laughs> the, the Passover. How about the Passover? Where's the pattern of Jesus in the Passover? Well, same thing in the Passover where, you know, there had to be a sacrifice. Again, where they sacrificed the, the lamb to put the, the blood over the doorpost so that then we are then again being covered with the blood of the sacrifice. And so as, as we put that blood over the doorpost, then the, the death angel will pass over um, our household and we won't be harmed. It's the same way, you know, that when Jesus comes and sheds his blood for us. I, I've got down here and I said on Sunday to the Red Sea, I like the analogy of the Red Sea for this reason is that God parts the impossible. They mm, can't go across, good. he parts it, dries it out. They're able to walk across. But that isn't the whole story. They, those three million or however many people go all the way across, but the bad guys are behind them. And what happens to the bad guys? Well, then the sea comes crashing back down. As they begin to cross over and follow after them, the sea comes back down and envelops them and destroys them. Let me tell you about God. A lot of you guys understand. I've used this analogy a ton of times, and it'll be new to new people. But God is jamming. Yeah. Okay, so he's justice and mercy melted into never-ending grace, but he is justice. And yeah. when you want justice, <laughs> there's justice. The, the sea totally uh, drowning the people, the justice, the rain coming down and killing everyone, children, adults, everyone. there's justice. So I'm not sure you want to cry out for justice. <laughs> Uh, Oops, sorry. Stephanie said her apologies. No, Siri did. <laughs> now you crying out for justice, you want the God of justice, mercy melted into never ending uh, grace. Amen. But, but but there is a pattern and so for you guys that don't think there's gonna be justice, there's going to be justice. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So don't don't worry about it for a second. In fact, you well, you should be concerned about it. You should ask for mercy and grace and have the blood of Jesus to cover you, to be your ark, to be the one that holds up the, the Red Sea, to be the clothing over you. And uh, we won't do them all, but maybe we'll do uh, one more here. What? And you went to, and I think I'm going to use this one uh, because you went there. What What was the the wilderness and the promised land? What? How is Jesus revealed in the wilderness and the promised land. Well, you know the the children of uh, the children of God. There, you know, they had to trust in God. He revealed Himself in the the uh, fire by night, the pillar by day, and revealed Himself in that way so that they knew what to look to and what to follow for guidance. And you know, they had to be obedient. They had to trust Jesus that He was going to show them the way. And He fed them. The and manna. He fed them the manna every day. And you know, they and there was you know He laid out a plan for them and they had to follow that plan but most importantly they had to trust him that what he was saying he would do yeah you know and i i think of it right now i mean some of you uh that are live with us online for you in the building too you may feel like you're in the wilderness i mean yeah. you're here just everywhere looking and just living in the world sometimes makes you feel like that there's so much that you're going the opposite direction but there uh, there seems to be uh 
you know, there's resistance, there's stuff going on, but yet, and I can tell you this, uh, after um, 56 years of living on the earth, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed Amen. begging for bread. Stephanie and I uh, have experienced manna. Yes. We've experienced the whole year of manna, just every day, boom, there it was. You know, God took care of us. And so we've had manna in the wilderness, but the wilderness isn't the end game. No, because the promised land is what's there awaiting for us. There you go. 40 years in the wilderness, and the end game, though, was the promised land. Well, I think and that's that, for all of us. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like you said, what we're experiencing now. We may feel like we're, you know, especially, I mean, right now is so, you know, it's so evident um, of the, you know, the wilderness experience because of what's happening in our world. Not, It's not just in the United States. It's not just in our right. own neighborhoods. This kind of stuff that's going on is happening all over the world. I was, I, I had to take a break from social media because there's just, everything can get so overwhelming, but we can't stay there. There are things that we need to do that we need to work on while we're here on earth. But the ultimate reason that we need to work on these things is to draw people into the kingdom of God. That's the most important thing. And I may be getting off on a little side note here, but we've got to, in all of this chaos, we've got to point people to Jesus. That's the most important thing. Yes, we can fight for, you know, social injustice or things that are being, you know, done wrong to people. We can fight for those things. And that's important that we do, that we we help each other and we lift each other up and we take care of each other. But what is the end game? The promised land is the end game. Just like in the wilderness, the promised land is what they were holding out for, what they were looking for. And that's what we're looking for too. The promised land of eternal life that Jesus has promised us if we give our lives to him. Amen. Amen. He, uh, he said in uh, John uh, chapter 14 uh, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I wouldn't tell you. And so he, he has, a, a, there is a, a place for us. And this isn't the talk right now. We'll go into that talk later. But that those are, those are great illustrations mm -hmm. of pattern. Let me go to Christ's promise. I want to read a, a scripture, Luke chapter um, 24. And I'm going to read 25 through 27. Jesus is walking with his disciples, but they don't know it's Jesus. And he's talking to them. And Jesus, he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So what I want to ask about this is, uh, why does... Um, or I'm sorry, uh, Jesus, why, what is it about Jesus that um, makes you see that he has a, a promise? What, what are some of the promises maybe that you stand on that Jesus has, the promises? Well, I stand on the prom first of all, eternal life. The, that's a, you know, the biggest promise, I think, is eternal life. And then the promises that you just said it, you know, that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. You know, that's a promise. I grew up listening to my mother uh, pray in her room. And the thing that she would do the most in her prayer time is quote scripture. She prayed scripture. She prayed through the scripture. And one of my favorite ones was the 91st Psalms. You know, how he, you know, we're under his wings and he protects us. So, yep. you know, we have the promise of God's protection. 
We have the promise of, you know, you said it, mercy and grace. Those are promises. We have the promise of, you know, that he's returning again for us. Amen. You know, that, to me, that the, the most hopeful thing in this world is that this isn't it. This isn't all there is. And we get so focused sometimes on this, but we need to look to the biggest promise of God, and that's that he's coming back one day to rescue us from this terrible world. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. His promises, uh, even about his coming, which is uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, there's a hundred and something, I can't remember, 130. He fulfilled every one of those up mm -hmm. to where he took um, vinegar uh, when he was on the cross and they put it in his mouth. And that was also prophesied. The way that he would die, the way that none of his bones were broken. Um, every bit of the promise was fulfilled. Now, the promise of Joel, which said, I'll pour out my spirit mm. on your sons and daughters. That has been fulfilled. Let me tell you, I, I believe Revelations is being uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> being uh, promised to us. And we're, we're experiencing a lot of that. All of the promises that he says, and the greatest promise is that uh, he loves us. And he's prepared a place for us. He has yeah. you know, eternal life for us. And here's the thing. You don't have to wait um, to experience eternal life. Right now, everyone in the room that's accepted Christ, you and I, we're eternal right now. Yeah. We're not going to be any more eternal than we're eternal. <laughs> well, we will put on an incorruptible flesh and all, that kind of thing. But today is the day. I mean, you can live in joy today. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. He's, he's promised us joy uh, bubbling up from uh, within us. He, he has a river of life. You can live a joyful, um, incredible uh, experience right now Amen. in the Christ. Yes, we have, we fight against um, a spiritual onslaught that is against us, but greater is he that's with us and he that's uh, with the world or in the world. Go you know, ahead. you kind of touched on it, you know, about the, the outpouring of the Spirit in the last days, and, and that's a promise that uh, Jesus gave to us, and um, it's just really so cool to kind of see that um, unfolding and happening right before our eyes that you know even in the midst of chaos and struggle and all of these things that God is pouring out his spirit we've seen the church rise up like it never has before in this time and God is pouring out his spirit um, I had a friend um, who just uh, they had a revival service uh, not a revival service but like a worship night and she posted this picture of her oldest son just with his you know I think he's about 11, I don't even think he's 12 yet, but raising his hands and just worshiping the Lord. And that's what Jesus promised us, that he would pour his spirit out and that our young men would see, would have dreams and see visions and things like that. And so it's just so incredible to see that that's happening right before our eyes. You know, I used to think, oh, I'd, you know, grow old and Jesus would come and I wouldn't see these kind of things. But these things that the word has spoke about that is in his word is happening right before our eyes. We're getting to witness it. And I, I never thought I would, I would see those kind of things in my lifetime. The way that it is now. Amen. And then the last uh, one that he points out is Jesus present, uh, Christ present, the I am. Um, and he rejoiced uh, in whom uh, Abraham rejoiced was Jesus, John 8, 56 and 58. The Lord who motivated Moses was Christ, uh, Hebrews 11, 26. I'll get back to that in a minute, but that's really cool that... It points out in Hebrews eleven twenty six that the Lord motivated Moses. And then uh, the Redeemer who brought them out of Egypt. 
And this is in Jude chapter 1, uh, verse 5. The Redeemer brought them out of Egypt. So, um, did you look up that one that I said? Uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 11, sorry. 1126. 1126, you want me to read yeah. it? Yeah. So, Hebrews 1126 is esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the, re the recompense of the reward. <laughs> so, so, hold on now. And so how could Moses, who Jesus hadn't even come yet, be motivated by Jesus? Well, the word says that's what happened. That's what happened. But I want you to know that at the Mount of Transfiguration, I was Moses, thinking the same thing. Yeah, Moses was there. And with God, okay, there's um, past, present, future, and God. So nothing is outside of God. It's just you'll blow your mind. That's why Revelations blows your mind. But so Jesus was already motivating him. But if he motivated him in the past to the future, to then the present, which was, uh, you know, at the Mount of Transfiguration, can, <laughs> can he motivate, does he motivate, will he motivate, can he motivate us now and in the present? Because in... I, I had a pastor, an incredible singer, and um, uh, you know he has a he has a style, just a great style. And he talked about that Satan had offered him to be a like a really great mm -hmm. uh, country singer to be just have fortune and fame and all of that. And he turned it down for Christ. And and to me, that's the same point with Moses. What if Moses would have been? Uh, you know, the, the King Tut or, the, you know, that we, we see and all that kind of stuff because all of that gold, all of that glory was there. But yet he turned that down to take a bunch of people, grumbling uh, <laughs> people hmm. out in the wilderness and go for 40 years. But yet it, it was an eternal mindset and he was motivated. He was motivated by uh, Christ. Yeah. He was motivated by the word. He was motivated by Jesus Christ. Today, we can be motivated and, and not just turning things down, but be motivated to go forward, to go over the obstacles, to go over things. We can be motivated by Christ. Well, I think you, you said it really well is that, you know, this is past, present, future, and we live in the present. We see what's in front of us right now. But God doesn't live, he, God's not bound by time and space. God is out here and he sees all at once, past, present, future. So even back in the days of Moses, when Moses was being motivated to do what Jesus said in the future, it's because God sees it all. It's all happening. I mean, not, maybe not all happening, but it's like God sees it all. He knows it all. So when we, you know, sometimes we get bogged down with, you know, what's happening right in front of us. But that's when we have to hold on to the promises of God because God sees what we're headed for. And we need to hang on to the promise of him and trust him in that. And that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to speed up a little bit, but this is the one we've spent a lot of time on. Point number two is do not be afraid. Do not mm -hmm. be afraid. And my question is um, why does uh, God speak to Paul in the vision? Why, why does he just say the phrase, do not be afraid. Well, he says it, and this isn't the only place he says it, and it's scattered throughout the Word of God. Uh, fear not, be not afraid, do not fear. It's scattered throughout the Word of God because we as humans get afraid. 
Yeah. I get afraid. Even in this time, you know, it, things can um, concern us and get on, you know, get under our skin and get in our thoughts and things like that, and we can become afraid. So I think that's why it's said not only in this scripture, but so many times throughout the word is fear not, don't be afraid, because we get afraid. Amen. Yeah, we... I mean, from when we're little, I, I think about the grandkids. And stuff. <laughs> uh, um, they they had the opportunity. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, on purpose or, or accidental to see some of Jaws, and uh, I got to see video of them watching the movie Jaws, which is like 1970. I think or it was in the 70s. Yeah. And um, Ezra is going. Like yeah, Ezra. You can see Ezra's face just literally change. And then he ran in and, and said, "Hey, hey, you guys need to know there's a, a shark out there." And unfortunately, I think part of that, putting that together, is we have FaceTimed them so many times at the ocean. And we uh, FaceTime them at the ocean. We go, oh, yeah, the sharks live. This is where the sharks live. Yeah, this is where the sharks live. And so then he's putting that together. So he's running in. Don't ever go out there again because they're scared. And we see right now the the enemy, um, the darkness, uh, flashing its teeth, growling. Uh, coming at us in so many different ways. I mean, we were talking about just just to get to church on Sunday. Um, there are so many uh, things that block every yeah. every week. I mean, since March, every day. I'm not every week, but every day. I'm yeah. like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. We there there are things that can put fear uh, in you, and I mean, real things that that put fear in you. So. God says to us, do not be afraid. And I had a scripture here in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 4 says, To those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, Woo. with divine retribution. He will come to save you. In Psalms uh, 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation of whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Now, the last and final point and I want to talk about is um, point number three, which said, go on speaking and do not be silent. So go on speaking and do not be silent. Why should we go on speaking and not be afraid? Well, first of all, we need to think about what are we what are we speaking okay. about? Yeah. That's the most important thing is what is the message that we're speaking of? And so first and foremost, the message needs to be that of Jesus. Yep. Jesus and his love and his redemption for mankind. That mm -hmm. needs to be first and foremost in our speaking. But um, the biggest reason that we need to go on speaking and, and, and to not be silent is because you know, we can say, you know, the social injustices or all of this wickedness in the world and all of these bad things happening. But the reason that we cannot stay silent is that people need Jesus. Amen. That's the bottom line is that people need Jesus. They need to know that he loves them and that he cares about them and that there is hope in eternal life. And right now, I think, you know, people lose hope. And we need to be that message. That's why we have to keep speaking because we have to keep bringing the message of hope in eternal life and relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, before we end tonight, I know you always end us with, you know, an invitation to accept Jesus into your heart. And we, we invite you to do that because 
that ultimately is the message. That's the message we need to be speaking. And if we're speaking that message first, then all of the other things that we need to talk about will fall into line. But the first message needs to be Jesus and his love for us and his love for humanity and their need for salvation, their need of him. You know, I was, I was just thinking while you were talking, what are some things that like make it, you know, tend to make us want to shut up? Well, it, we kind of go back a little bit to the point we were just talking about. A lot of it is fear. Fear, for, to me, I think the number one thing that causes us to be silent is fear. Fear that I'm not going to say the right thing. Fear I'm going to say too much. Fear I'm going to uh, look awkward or sound funny or offend somebody or things like that. But that's why it's so important that if we're speaking the message of Jesus, it's going to offend people. It's going to offend people who are in sin and who need to get right with God. But that's the word we need to keep speaking. But... Um, that's one of the big things I think is fear that keeps us silent or you know other people talking so loudly over the top of us with you know trying to overpower the the righteous word or what we're saying that will you know if we get in these discussions there's been a lot of this happening in our home lately and even me at my workplace or you know about you know the pandemic and uh, this racism and all of these things and all of these things that we've been talking about and um, so fear is the big thing. But the other thing is, is like, I just, it's too stressful to talk about these things. You know, it brings too much stress and everything. Well, that should not be a deterrent for us to, to bring the message of Jesus and the hope of his love. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, we fight, I've said, I don't know how many times I've said <laughs> it, but we fight not against um, flesh and blood, flesh and blood but against spirits and principalities and dominions uh, of this world. And, uh, you know it's true a lot of people know it's true um, one of the reasons that you you have so much resistance or you have there's a darkness that mm, that yeah. besides real you know real events and things happen there's a darkness that tries to shut us our, our mouths and and keep us quiet that's why we have to be number one occupied with the word number two do not be afraid and number three, the, this is where we can't be silent. We open our mouth. Um, I just, you know, I, 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 I please understand what I'm saying because I'm gonna be. I gotta be real careful. Let me be real careful. But it, it, the analogy is okay. Quarantine, no church, and that keeps it silent. Well, then you're able to talk on a mic and you're talking, and then you come back to church. So then, okay, you have to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You know, and. Um, and I, I think I did it Sunday. I put a mask on. You can still talk with a mask. And if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. But do not shut your mouth. Amen. Lift up the name of Jesus. God loves us, and he gave Jesus Christ. Jesus saves, delivers, sets free. He, he heals the power. There's power in the healing name of Jesus. And I don't care if you have to have a mask on or whatever you have when we talk to people we can tell them never never stop your testimony i uh i i loved a song that was shared short shared this morning and it was about surrendering um to to god and and what he's mm -hmm. what do you surrender to um you you surrender to telling people mm -hmm. about christ so when he when he leaves his important words were what was his important words? Go into all the world. And preach the gospel. Preach, Amen. proclaim, scream. Ah! 
<laughs> Yell. Get out. Verb. Have verbiage come out of your mouth. Speak it. If you believe in Christ, you when you love your mate, you love someone, you say, I love them, and you talk about them. When you love Jesus, you open your mouth, yes. and you talk about Jesus, you tell people about Jesus, right? Yeah, and I think it's really important for us to recognize that we are in a spiritual battle. Um, Jacob, when he preached Sunday before last, he pointed out uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters. And I'm a visual person, so when I began to read this book, this is many, many years ago, probably 30 years ago, I, I started reading this book. I don't even think I finished it because it was, if you've ever read anything of C.S. Lewis, he's very yeah. deep and very, he's very intellectual, very intelligent. He was a very uh, intelligent man. And so his, his writing is very deep and thought-provoking, and you need to, you have to really pay attention when you're reading. And so, but I have this visual of the little demon over here on the one shoulder and the, and the angel on the other shoulder. And there's this constant spiritual battle. And you may have seen it growing up in cartoons and stuff where they put the little devil on, you know, whoever bugs bunny or whatever shoulder and the devil, you know. But that, that is true to life. That's a visual um, demonstration of something that's happening in the spiritual, that we are in a spiritual battle. And especially right now, um, we are in a spiritual battle. There are people's lives that hang in the balance, and that's why we cannot be silent with the message of Jesus Christ. We have to speak the, the message of Jesus Christ because people, people's souls are possibly going to be lost if we don't. If we silence ourselves or if we allow other things to silence us, then someone's soul could be in danger of being lost forever. Yeah, and maybe it's your soul. <laughs> you know, mm. uh, you, you have to continue to to uh, proclaim to get that victory now um, in you know in the like you said at the end we're going to talk about confessing with your mouth and believe in your heart but I, I want to also pray I'm gonna pray for some people I want to pray for Frank um, Luster uh, he didn't, his lungs still need some uh, healing the x-rays didn't come out good so praying for him and uh, Irene uh, Shirley Johnny uh, some of the people with COVID a lot of a lot of people um, in fact, uh, uh, Mariah, I'm praying for you. Um, and uh, uh, there is there has been some people that that are dealing with the virus, so we mm -hmm. want to pray for them. But there's uh, people that with this virus, I think personally, I mean, you experience, I experience. Um, there is this fear. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, period with. I mean, just going in. You know, it's a. You you got to kind of. Uh, get up bold to go into Walmart, you know, or go into a, you know, into a hardware store or something because it, you just don't know, you know, uh, what is happening or what's going to go on because there's a fear attached and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Amen. But the, to me, this has taught me more about walking in the spirit. You need to listen to God. And if mm -hmm. he says where he says to walk, and if he says don't walk, then don't go. Yeah into that area and uh so um i want to pray for all of those people and then i uh, but before i do that um i want to i want to tell you how you can have christ in your life maybe you're listening to us tonight and you've never accepted christ it says in the word that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that jesus christ is raised from the dead you will be saved so here's what we're going to do i, I want you to just Say this prayer with me tonight. Say, Jesus, Jesus, I ask you, I ask you to forgive me, to forgive me, to come in my life, come into my life. 
I confess with my mouth. Confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. That you were raised from the dead. You were raised from the dead. For me. For me. And so Jesus. And Jesus. I will follow you. I will follow you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Amen. Amen. Now I, I want to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, I was with the guy Miguel in Chiapas. So Miguel, if you're on there. Mm -hmm. uh, Hey, man, what's up? But uh, he told his testimony. is amazing. He accepted Christ. And I want to say it was probably 10 years later. I mean, he was uh, deep into uh, drug dealing. He was a drug dealer. A, a lot of stuff had happened. Incredible stuff had happened. And he finally, he, God just did a, a miraculous thing in his life. And he gave his life to the Lord. And But he still traces when he said that prayer just like we're saying he said that and he said something started way back then and then and and I believe that with all my heart now I want it to be quicker for you <laughs> I don't want you to have to go through all that but uh for him it happened and now he he ends up in Chapas preaching the gospel all kinds of people getting saved but every weekend he goes to the prison to Florence prison and, and uh, ministers to guys let me tell you this works right guys Jesus Christ works. Amen. Jesus saves. He delivers. He sets free. Now, um, uh, I did, I, I prayed already for... Yeah, but we want to pray for those that have been suffering with the, the COVID and, yeah. and anything else. You know, we focus a lot on COVID right now because it's a pandemic and it's a big deal. And it's, it's you know, Pastor Todd said, you know, it's a little bit scary when you have it. We went through it uh, a month or two months ago almost. And um, it was a little scary, but you know, so we want to pray over that. But we, there's people who are also suffering from other things. We've yep. had some people in our church who have suffered loss recently. Yep. Um, you know, a couple of families that have lost loved ones, and you know, our heart goes out to them. And um, you know, they're they're mourning right now, and we need to come around them and comfort them and lift them up. So we want to lift them up in prayer as well. So you know, let's not get so focused on you know, just one thing, that there's still other needs that need to be met. And if you have a need um, and you want us to know about it, you can let us know by commenting on the Facebook or you can send us an email or, you know, just reach out to us and we can pray with you. We'll put you, the pastor is praying every, Pastor Todd is praying every morning and our uh, team here prays. And so we want to be able to pray for you. So if you have something you want us to pray about, just let us know that, but we're going to close in prayer sure. for those people that are sick. Yes, yes, Lord. And first of all, I do, I lift up Nola and I lift up Case and I lift up Toby to you, Lord, Jesus, uh, during Jesus. this time of loss, Lord, um, with their uh, brother, with their son. God, we pray that you will do miracles, that yes, you will Lord meet Jesus. their needs, Lord, that you will open up uh, a blessing, Lord, that you will turn what Satan meant for evil, that you will turn it to good. God, we pray the comfort of God be on them tonight, Lord. We pray in your name. And Lord, for Frank and all Jesus. of these people, Irene, Lord, um, and Shirley and Johnny and everyone, Lord, that is all of these that have experienced this, Lord, with Mariah and uh, this COVID, Lord, we just pray for healing for them tonight. We pray for their lungs to yes, open up. Jesus. We pray for the fever to stop in Jesus' name. And we command the spirit of fear to get off yes, of them Jesus. in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for those that are struggling with heart conditions, Lord, with cancer, with any kind of ailment. Right now, we pray for physical healing right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And Lord, I pray for those that are struggling financially, 
God, I pray that you'd open up windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. And God, that you would make us a blessing. Lord, I pray you'd pour out a blessing for Christ Church, Lord. That we would be so blessed. We're blessing all the people around us, the community around us. We thank you that that's already happening. And we pray it would happen even in greater measure, Lord. We thank you for it. And God, we praise you, Lord, for those that have accepted Christ tonight. We thank you, Lord, that that has happened. And we give you the praise and glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, we love you guys. And Remember to join us at, for church, 8 o'clock here in the building and 10 o'clock here in the building and on Facebook Live. And every morning at 830 with Pastor Todd for a word of encouragement. Amen. Love you. Yes. Peace.